Hello. Welcome to my podcast. In the moonlight, a gentle breeze whispers through the trees. A rider gallops through the mist, his face concealed by shadows. A cloak of darkness shrouds his figure as he rides into His heart beats fast with the thrill of the daring deeds he'll commit Through the forest he rides on his noble steed Chasing dreams, freedom as he fulfills his death Stand and deliver in the moonlight. It was a cool and crisp night in the echoing forest. Stagecoach moved amongst the shadows of a full silver moon, which gave the forest a magical glow for Mary Gregory, a passenger in the coach. Her brother, the magistrate, Sir Thomas Gregory, would have felt less magical, but more eerie and dangerous. He saw highwaymen footpads in every shadow. The driver was also nervous. As highwaymen were known to work these woods, only a man with gleaming guns on a white horse rode out of the shadows into the moonlight. He was handsome and well-dressed. The nervous driver sped up the coach. The horseman followed. At a faster pace. Stop or I'll shoot, he shouted. Firing his pistol, he winged the driver. He knew the next shot might kill him, so he slowed and stopped the coach. The rider pulled up to them and dismounted. Stand and deliver your money or your life, shouted the highwayman. Mary and her brother climbed out of the coach. Ah, oh, good evening, my lady, and Sir Thomas Gregory. It is a lovely evening, is it not? said the highwayman, as he kissed Mary's hand. Oh, yes, it is, responded Mary, enchanted by the moonlight and his gallantry. No, it is not. I would rather have missed this meeting, Faulkner said the magistrate, recognising him from wanted posters. Faulkner? That gentleman John Faulkner? Asked Mary. Guilty. Said the highwayman, smiling behind his mask. Your goods, please, Sir Thomas. Added Faulkner, pointing a guard at the magistrate. Mary offered up her jewellery, 
Go keep your things, my lady, said Faulkner, giving back her jewellery. Rather reluctantly handed him his purse of money. The highwayman next turned to the driver, whose arm was bleeding badly, and holding out his hand for more booty. John said, Now you, sir, you should get that arm looked at. It looks quite bad. The driver handed over his valuables. The highwayman sent them on their way. Sir Thomas driving, with the driver in the coach being tended to by Mary. Two nights later, with the weather warmer, a new highwayman was on the road for the first time. It seemed to be a youth in a black outfit who was enjoying the thrill of riding through the night. It was the first outing of this new highwayman. The highwayman nearly held up a coach, but somebody beat this would-be highwayman to it. So turning the horse and heading home was all that could be done. The next morning the Gregory home had a visitor. Mary was quite excited to meet this famous man she had never met before. He was a friend of her brother's. A famous popular actor who was playing a highwayman on stage in London. He was a tall handsome man from the moment Mary saw him. She knew she could easily love this man. His name was Justin Beaufort. Hello, my lady, said the actor. I hear you met a real highwayman the other day. I wish I had been with you. They are so thrilling and romantic. Yes, they are, agreed Mary. No, they are dangerous mercenaries. The driver of the coach died from the wound he got from the highwayman. Why did you forget that? Asked Sir Thomas. Sir Justin looked chastened and nervous. Did he have a family? Asked Sir Justin. More than likely. And they will be hanging Faulkner now he's killed someone? Said Sir Thomas. He won't hang. It was an accident, said Mary. He shot the man. He should have realised there was a chance the man would die, said Thomas. If they get him, they will hang him, I'm sure of that, said Justin sadly. Later, Mary was riding in a coach with Justin, and she heard, Stand and deliver your money or your life, a voice yelled. When the coach stopped, she leapt out of the coach to see the driver being murdered through a single shot to the heart. For no other reason than it did not stop quickly enough. She was now nervous. This was the 
feared highwayman Terence the Terror of Essex. Hand over your loot. Either give it to me now, or I'll take it from your body. Terence the Terror said to her. She did so quickly. Out of the coach stepped an angry Sir Justin. That's enough, Terry. Give it back, said Sir Justin. This startled the terror, who was confused. Justin walked over, disarmed him, and pointed the terror's own gun at him. I said, give it back, Terry, said Sir Justin. Don't call him Terry. People say he doesn't like that. This isn't a theatre. He'll kill you, said Mary nervously. You'll have to wait in line, said Justin with a smile. So Justin, you are annoying me. Nobody robs me, not even my friends. You will pay for this. Stand down and I will forget it, said the terror. Stand and deliver, Terry, said Sir Justin. He's drunk. Ignore him, Mr. Terror, said Mary. He's stone cold, sober and stubborn, said the highwayman. Terence the Terror handed back the loot. He was fuming. Sir Justin shot in the air to disarm the gun. Here you are, my friend. Have your property and let us go on our way. Sir Justin said, You are not my friend, said Terence Terror, stomping over to his horse. You know something, I think I lost a friend. Said Sir Justin, sadly, as he drove the coach off. You are insane, shouted back Mary from inside the coach. Later that day at the Gregory home, tell me your friend is a nut, Mary said when they arrived with the body of the driver. What did he do, murder the driver so he could drive the coach? Asked Sir Thomas, Sir Justin laughed. No, that was Terence the Terror, said Justin. Oh, he killed the driver so you could drive it? Said to Thomas. Are you insane? asked Justin. No, said to Thomas. Terence the Terror held us up. He shot the driver, then I held up the Terror. Said Sir Justin. You did what? Asked Sir Thomas. I bailed up terror, took your sister's stuff back. As she was under my care, said Sir Justin. Thank you. Did you take him in? Asked Sir Thomas. No, I let him go, said Sir Justin. Why did you do that? Asked Sir Thomas. Someone had to drive the coach, and I couldn't be sure of Mary's safety if I kept him, replied Justin. 
Oh, he'll now try to kill you, said Thomas. If he does, he does. I could never live with myself if he robbed someone in my care, replied Sir Justin. That night, the youthful highwayman rode again. This time, he stopped the coach and started to rob people when three highwaymen arrived on the scene. You to this, are you, lad? Said one of them. The youth panicked and fell off the horse, hanging his head hard, and was knocked out by the pool. Terry, I think you killed him. Said one of the others. He was a black-clad highwayman, named the ghost for his sudden appearances and disappearances. Ghost, the boy is knocked out, not dead, said Gentleman John, who was riding with them. Terry just scared him, said John. We can't leave him here. What will we do? Asked the highwayman and the ghost. A Robin Hood type highwayman. They completed the robbery. John picked up the body and hung it over his horse. The ghost took the horse of the young highwayman and rode off to Gentleman John's house. I'll look after him till he comes round. Offered John. The old band of Hiram sat drinking and chatting for a few hours, then the terror and the ghost left. When they had gone, John made a strange discovery. He had long hair in a bun, and his hat had been pinned to it. He found out when he tried to remove the hat, so he could put the lad to rest on his bed. He put her on the bed and sat looking at a script for a new play. He then sat drinking for a while. Later when the highway woman woke up it was like a play of a hammock. Where am I? she muttered, putting down the script. He walked over to her. How do you feel, miss? Asked John. Miss? Said the highwayman. Not sure how he knew what she was or where she was. She felt for her mask. Was there? I saw your hair. If we knew you were a woman, my friend would have stayed. Said John. Why? She asked. For your honour, said John. Never said there is no honour among thieves. Oh yes, said the highwayman. Nothing happened, but I'll marry you to keep your honour, said John. The highwayman stood up, still a bit wonky. She thought she was dreaming. He was a man of honour, and she loved him, so she was happy. 
she started to take off her mask and he stopped her. Don't, said John. We aren't safe seeing each other's faces. May cause us problems. Alright then, she said, and stopped trying to unmask. In the early morning, she said goodbye and left for home. A few hours later, Mary was sitting in the forest near her home, enjoying the new autumn day. Sir Justin saw her on the way to visit her brother. He got off his horse and tied it to a branch of a small tree and walked over to her. What are you doing, my lady? asked Sir Justin. She looked very pretty sitting among the leaves. She blushed. It is an inferior day, said Mary, looking at Sir Justin. You look more handsome than ever. It is a glorious day, said Justin, not lying. Are you all right? Yes, come sit beside me, said Mary. Why? asked Sir Justin. The view is best from here, said Mary. As long as no one's around, said Sir Justin. With a smile, with a smile, she said, no one is here. So Justin sat beside her. What are we looking at? Asked the Justin. Everything, the wind is singing in the trees, blowing leaves through the air as they fall to the ground. The birds are singing and the forest floor is covered in crisp leaves as thick as snow, said Mary, getting propriety and everything. He lay on his back in the leaves. I have never seen anything more beautiful. I could forget everything and live here in this moment forever. Then looking up at the sky, he said, This looks better. Mary laid back, too. She watched the leaves fall from the trees blowing in the wind. The leaf fell down, floating onto her heart. She put her hand on it. A voice interrupted the scene. There you are, Mary. Have you been with him all night? Everyone has been looking for you, accused Sir Thomas. No, Sir Justin said, standing. I just found her here. I was on my way to see you. Mary, trying to stand up, fell over her long skirt. I was not with him, said Mary. Justin thought he could see a force Marriage wedding being set up. I can't marry her, said Sir Justin. Why? asked Sir Thomas. I can't say. No excuses means you must marry her for your honour and hers, said Sir Thomas. 
Don't use my honor against me, said Sir Justin. You must marry her as you are driven by your honor, said Sir Thomas. Sir Justin shook his head and jumped on his horse and rode away. Over the following weeks, the highwayman and the highwaywoman became inseparable and took to the road most nights. They planned to run away and marry after one last job. But it all went wrong. There was unexpected ambush. They were on their horses and when they demanded the passengers disembark the coach, they didn't notice the gun pointing from the coach until it was too late. When they rode away, it was Sir Thomas who shot one of them. John could have escaped, but he jumped off his running horse. which continued on its way. He ran back to his fiancée, the highwaywoman. You shot her, said John accusingly, kneeling down, cradling her and looking at her face. Why didn't you escape? Asked the dying highwaywoman. I don't want to live without you, said John. I have the two of them. I shall unmask them, said to Thomas and Marcy and John. His eyes widened and looked horrified. Hi, said Sir Justin. You're engaged to my sister. Who is the harlot? said Sir Thomas, ripping off her mask, looking devastated. Mary, no, cried Sir Thomas. Mary, my own fiancée, said John. My love said Mary and died. John kissed her the first and last time. A few weeks later, John joined her in death. As John was standing on the gallows, Tyburn. Sir Thomas watched the noose go around John's neck. Sir Thomas was sad. He knew he'd miss John and Justin. The executioner reached for the pull lever for the trap door. Then the magistrate closed his eyes. He saw Mary and John lying in the leaves in the forest and he heard John saying I have never seen anything more beautiful. I could forget everything and live here in this moment forever.
Thank you for listening to my podcast. Thank you for listening.